0: You're listening to the Lasers, Dragons, and Keyboards podcast, featuring interviews with your favorite speculative fiction authors. We'll be discussing their books, their fandoms, and their writing processes. So sit back and enjoy episode four, focusing on writing with Celtic urban fantasy author H.A. Titus. Welcome back to Lasers, Dragons, and Keyboards. I'm one of the co-hosts, Liberty Spinel. Today we have the second part of our interview with H.A. Titus, and we learn about plotsing with her. What is that and how can it benefit your writing? Also, we discuss what the Mark of Cain has to do with werewolves. Aaron reveals that he's got a soft spot for Starfleet engineering core books and would rather read those than finally read Jim Butcher or Neil Gaiman. We also talk about comfort reads with Heather and we discuss what are some some of our favorite ones are Aaron also contends that the rebooted Star Trek movies are not Star Trek at all but something else entirely so you'll want to hang on for that thanks for listening to us today and if you like the show go ahead and give us a review we sure would appreciate a few of those and here's the broadcast enjoy Okay, so welcome back, everybody. We're talking to Heather Titus today about her writing process. Are you a plotzer, plotter or a pantser? <laughs>
1: plotter, <laughs> let's go let's to a pantser. <laughs> yes.
2: well, I was going to say that actually works because I kind of do a little bit of both. So. <laughs> <All right. laughs> what, well, what
3: does your writing process look like in a nutshell? Uh, I can't write in a nutshell. I was going to say, can
2: you, can you really describe something like that in a nutshell? Um, <laughs> Probably not. No. <laughs> I just kind of I plot a little bit first enough to kind of get the story structure and then I dive into writing and between revising the plot and writing somehow I end up with a semi-coherent draft at the end. So... And then it's on to editing. That sounds a bit like my process, too. <laughs> so
3: I like to get kind of the genesis of an idea and some characters, and then, all right, well, how would the character respond to the situation? Kind of let it snowball from there.
1: Yep, that that's kind of my thing. Um, so speaking of editing, where do you go to edit? And uh, do you self-edit at all?
2: Um, yeah, I do self-edit. Usually that's my my first... Thing because I'm kind of ashamed to have anyone read my first draft.
3: Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah what am I? The drafts are always awful.
2: Oh, the first draft of Forge Steel was a mess. It was bad. Um,
3: <laughs> uh, the first draft of my book, I had the bad guy get captured off screen, and like, wait, what?
2: Whoops. <laughs> oh, you do that.
0: Yeah, you kind of need to have that one happen now, on screen. Yeah. yeah. yeah might oh. be a bit important.
3: <laughs> Have anything weird like that happened to you in the first draft here?
2: um no, not really. I think uh, there's just a lot of stuff that got missed and left mm-hmm. out because it ended up being it was novella length first. And then uh, I realized you write
3: start with too, huh? Yeah,
2: at least for at least for Forged Steel I did. Um I don't know. With the sequel, it seems like I'm writing everything in, and I'm probably going to have to cut a bunch of stuff out out of the front of the book. So uh, that's where I'm sequ- at with <laughs> one of my
0: books, too.
3: Yeah, the sequ- The sequels are a little bit easier because, like you said, you got like we said earlier, you get all the world building done already, and you can just kind of jump mm-hmm. right in.
2: Yeah. yeah, that was with forged steel. The first draft was really, really lean on world building, so I had to. That was when I did a lot of research was afterwards. And then I went back in and fleshed out the world and kind of the mythology behind it and everything. Oh, cool.
1: Okay. So uh, do you have any must-have uh, snacks or beverages when you sit down to write?
2: Um, usually I just try to stick to water or tea um, because I'm very much a snacky person and I don't need to I don't need to be eating that much. <laughs> um yeah, if I do
3: try that, it doesn't work well.
2: <laughs> if, some... I, if I do have a snack, um usually something uh, like crackers or something that has it has to be crunchy, it can't be
3: something keyboard destroyer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: Um yeah you, Talk to my husband about that one.
3: <laughs> I, I try and leave a bunch of gum around my desk. That gum one.
2: is good too, yeah.
1: I it doesn't that.
3: get in the keyboard. It's lower calorie. It's really <laughs> something you had to do.
1: Well, if it does get in the keyboard, you have an issue. <laughs>
0: oh yeah.
2: So, what is the weirdest thing
0: you've ever Googled?
2: Weirdest thing I ever Googled was probably uh, like the legend that the Mark of Cain is actually um, becoming a werewolf. Hmm.
1: Huh.
2: So I, I heard, I saw that in like a, a thread on Facebook in a group that I'm part of, and I thought, ooh, that's weird. And so I Googled it, and yeah, a whole bunch of really strange mythology popped up around that one.
1: <laughs> oh, unusual. Yeah, yeah. By was, the way,
3: if, if you ever see one of those Facebook threads that says "Don't ever Google these things," <laughs> curiosity can be a horrible thing. <laughs> <laughs> <Don't> do <it. laughs> Truth. Yeah. Uh, who are some other authors who've influenced your writing? Um, you-
2: Tolkien was the first, obviously, since I. Started writing epic fantasy and everything.
3: Um, Even if you don't write epic fantasy, Tolkien's, you know, just the, the sentence structure and word choice and everything. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Um, lately, I've been more influenced by, like, I I mentioned uh, Neil Gaiman earlier. Um, Jim Butcher, who writes the Dresden Files, oh, was. Oh, I
3: love Jim. I've got yeah. one of those on my 2 read list too.
2: You haven't read Butcher yet.
3: I have not um. read any of the Dresden books yet. I've, like uh, I said, I've got one buried on no. my to
1: Leave the podcast
3: I have no, not copy. For <laughs> shame, Aaron, for you shame. You know, I don't think I've read anything by Neil Guyman either. So,
2: Oh, okay. Yeah.
3: <laughs> well, my problem was like, well, let's see, I could read this novel or I could read the latest Starfleet Corps of Engineers book. Is <laughs> <laughs> <Easy> choice there. <laughs> If anybody hasn't read any of those Starfleet Corps of Engineers books, they're like, all the B-plots from, from the Star Trek TV so, episodes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's, an, it's an entire book of nerdy, technical mystery-type stuff. And it's fascinating. If yes. <laughs> you've got the right mindset. Oh, okay. <laughs> Everybody else here is going, all right, not my cup of
1: tea. I pr- I prefer the uh, Department of Temporal Investigations books myself. But anyways, uh, um, so we've already be- asked this in various forms. But um, do you, if you had to choose a singular book to be your favorite, what would it be? Um.
2: Well, surprisingly, um, it wouldn't be a Sanderson book <laughs> if you count just like the number <laughs> of. Of um, rereads, it would probably be a book called Howl's Moving Castle by Diana Wynne Jones. Um, I have
3: have not read the book.
2: Oh, you need to read the book. It's really good. Um, I was first I was first introduced to it like I don't know six years or so ago, and in six years, I've probably reread it like twenty times. So, (laughs) yeah, good book then. Uh, very good. It's like my comfort read. If I'm sick and don't really want to concentrate on anything, that's mm. the one that I grab to reread.
0: Everybody needs to have one of those. <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> in multiple forms on your Kindle, in a heart, in a paperback, paperback.
3: That's one of the things I love about my smartphone. I've always got hundreds of books with me anywhere I go.
2: Oh, yeah, that's nice. Or being bored in line. Yep.
3: There's four people behind me. It's your turn already. Good <laughs> where am I?
0: <laughs> there is that. So how long does it take you to knock out
2: a draft? Um it depends. Usually about a year. Um hoping to get it down a little bit. The first the f- first draft of Forged Steel took me a year and a half, so Okay.
0: That's a pretty reasonable amount of time. Yeah. Especially when you have life happening.
2: Yeah, that's for sure.
3: Oh, <laughs> ah, life. <laughs> I used to read about 20 to 30 books a month on a slow month. Now I'm doing good to crank out one or two.
0: Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I understand that.
3: Why can't I get paid to read? Yeah, that'd be nice. Oh, yeah. Right. What do you do for marketing?
2: (laughs) Um, Same thing I do. I don't know. uh, I had the uh, questions you guys sent me printed out and my answer scribbled next to that was, LOL, what? (laughs) I'm (laughs) a (laughs) writer, not a marketer. So... Yeah, I don't, I don't really have that, you know, consistently into what you could call a practice. I, I try to post on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook occasionally, but I'm still trying to figure out what actually works. So,
3: <laughs> you know, when you find out, let us know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> there has been some some people that recommend not doing a lot of heavy marketing until you've got two, three, four books out. So that's kind of understandable.
2: Yeah, that's kind of what I'm leaning towards. Plus, right now, I mean, I'm doing good just trying to actually write the next book. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> so what is the most surprising thing that you've encountered um, being a writer or an author? <laughs> um,
2: just the amount of willpower it takes sometimes to just actually sit down and write. <laughs> yeah. No. I, I never would have never would have thought that when I was younger, but sometimes when you're just tired, it's just kinda like I really just don't want to sit down and work on something that requires brain power right now. But mm-hmm. You make yourself do it anyway. Or
3: it's the kids kid screaming, bills to be paid, etc., etc. Like,
2: hey, yeah, <laughs> Facebook games to
0: play.
1: Never.
2: That, that next book on the internet. That next book on your to be read list. <laughs> that never
1: ends. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: I,
3: I literally have a to be read list as long as my arm. Actually, it's longer.
0: I don't know how many pages mine is on Goodreads, and it's not an even
2: extensive, so I, I have no idea how long. Yeah, I, is. yeah, Liberty, yeah, totally agree with you there. <laughs> yeah. okay.
0: okay, so what would you like to accomplish next? More than just a book written, long-term personal goal where your career is concerned.
2: Um, well, really, really, really long-term. I would absolutely love to see a book of mine being made into a movie or a TV series. Oh, that but, would be awesome! <laughs> oh, <cool. laughs> like I said, really long term without that one. Uh, probably a more. I know, I know. But probably a little bit more of an attainable long term goal is just to be able to um, supplement supplement my uh, husband's income with my writing and actually make it make me feel like it's doing something rather than just sucking up money. <laughs> yeah.
0: Right. I understand that feeling. Yep. So okay, one last final fun question. Star Wars or
2: Star Trek? Oh goodness. Um, <laughs> again, how do how do I choose between those? Um <laughs> I guess probably, probably Star Wars, just for the fact that I grew up with Star Wars more than Star Trek, mm-hmm. um, but I do like them both.
0: Yeah, it's hard not to like both of them.
2: It is. It kind of is, especially when you've got uh the new series with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch as Khan. That was just oh. that yes. totally sold me on it.
0: <laughs> yeah. You could fangirl girl over that one, Heather. Oh,
2: yeah,
3: sure I, have, can, I have not yes. seen Into Darkness yet.
2: Aaron. I, have it, I bought
3: the DVD because I got it for five bucks. But
2: it's I, on I Netflix. It was on uh, Netflix.
3: Original Trek reruns on uh, Sunday afternoons with the family. So I grew up watching Star Trek while watching you know, the premiere of Next Gen on TV on a station that barely came in. Mm, and nah. the reboots, while they're a good sci-fi action-adventure movie, they are not Star Trek. <laughs> And that's Star, Trek your... always, Star Trek has always been an optimistic version of the future and humanity with a little bit of a morality play built into it and the reboots have none of that
2: but you have Not to admit that Chris Pine Chris Pine, is better looking than um, William, William Shatner, Shatner. <laughs> I,
3: I have no opinion on that <laughs> I, I will tell you though Carl um, Urban nailed McCoy though
0: Oh,
2: I I'm love great. Carl I'm Urban. Great. Yeah, he did.
3: He did. <laughs> love Carl Urban. Let's so. not talk about emo husk, though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, And then um, there's, you know, the typical
3: J.J. Abrams lack of subtlety. You know, we have a, what's supposed to be a nod to the red shirt. And only instead of a red shirt dying in the line of duty, protecting his captain or on the mission, he just... Die of stupidity. But, you know, <laughs> I could rant about that for. A while. Oh my! Like, hey, JJ, learn the meaning of the word subtle. But anyway, and then <laughs> there's the lens flares. But all right, we, I, I should stop now. In spite of all that, I really did enjoy the movie. If you take it in and of itself.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Does anybody have any other questions for Heather?
1: I don't think so.
3: What is the airspeed velocity of a laden swallow? <laughs>
1: uh
3: <laughs> Nobody said African or European. Come on. What, what? I don't know
2: that. <laughs> I have so heard that but I cannot think of what it is from. Monty <laughs> Python and the Quest for the Holy Grail. Yeah. Oh, see, okay, I'm I am a uh a uh, I can be forgiven on that one because while I have heard tons and tons about that movie, I have not actually yet seen it. So, Oh, you should see it. That's what I have also been told many times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
0: Okay, well, thank you for hanging out with us for the last hour or so, Heather.
2: We sure do appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me and for putting up with all of my technical problems. So, <laughs> Hey, thanks for putting up with us.
0: <laughs> yeah. Before we leave you, where can everybody find
2: you? Um, probably easiest would be my website, hatitis.com. Um, I have all of my social media links on there. I infrequently blog about stuff that's going on. Um, so that's just... Everything consolidated into one place.
0: Okay, great. We'll be
2: sure.
3: We to can find to you in today. the U, in the UPA. Yeah, the
0: UPA. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thanks again, and have a good evening. All right, thank you guys very much. This has been another episode of Lasers, Dragons, and Keyboards. Our music is "Flight of the Beast, Loop One" by Jonathan Gear lasers dragons and keyboards is copyrighted under a creative commons attribution non-commercial no derivatives license this means if you're not for profit and you want to quote us please be sure that you cite us if you are for profit please get our permission first you can find us at lasers dragons and for detailed show notes as well as on facebook.com thanks for listening and we hope to see you next time